0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 151 of At Odds Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, it's been a busy week for you, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, you know what? Making towns, as always, buying a lot of stuff. You know, more on that later. Uh, but, Joe, right off the rip, I have a confession I have to make to you.
0: Uh-oh.
1: So, like, this isn't weekly purchase worthy, but uh, I, I bought on eBay like for 10 bucks a used broski shirt like from you know like a woo 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 shirt you know whatever it was cheap. sure and i ordered it and a couple of days later i get a package in the mail i open it up and it's not a broski shirt
0: it's a young bucks bullet club shirt oh boy that's like the definition of ordering a turd and getting two instead <laughs> i don't know
1: So it's the like the Young Bucks, uh, like I said, Bullet Club shirt, the one with the bandana, like whatever. And I can't even say, okay, I'm going to wear this thing because it's like a small, you know, I'd have to get a running start and might be able to get my arm into the thing. So I was just I messaged the seller and he's like, oh, my bad. I'll send you the right one. He's like, go ahead and keep that shirt. So I was thinking, okay, I'll just drop it off at the Salvation Army or Goodwill or something like that. And before he did that, I was like, you know what? Let me ask my little brother if he wants. My little brother's like 14 years old, not into wrestling at all. Like, I think he knows who John Cena is, and that's about it. Uh, so I snap a picture of it, and I send it to him. I was like, hey, do you want this before I give it away? <clears throat> and uh, he's like, yeah, I'll take it, not knowing what it was. And yesterday, he calls me. He's at his buddy's house, and they're watching AEW. Like, I guess his friend is a, is like a wrestling fan. Okay. And he's like, He's like, the Young Bucks are so cool. They're oh. awesome. Why did you tell me about this? <laughs> so, like, I feel like I inadvertently not only created a maybe a wrestling fan, but worse yet, a Young Bucks fan. It's like in the movie The Ring, how the only way you can escape the curse is to, like, damn somebody else with it. <laughs> But I just figured you, you, you'd somewhat be uh, amused by that story there uh, of how I passed, passed the buck, Joe. <laughs>
0: how did I – I didn't even know you had a younger brother.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like to talk him. I don't like him that much.
0: <laughs> well, obviously, you give him garbage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to throw this away. Maybe I'll give this to you and you can throw it away for me. Yeah, yeah. That's about all.
1: I didn't need any dish rags, so I didn't, you know, no like slop mop, mop whatever stuff.
0: (laughs) So I wasn't sure, you know, when that came or when that arrived. Were you attempting to order a new broski shirt so you'd have something nice to wear and sweat through at uh, IWTV 100 this past weekend? (laughs) I don't
1: even remember what shirt it was that I sweat through because I I probably threw it away. Like it's destroyed at this point. No, 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 no. I wore a very good professional wrestler shirt. Uh, But yeah, uh, that uh, is a perfect example of why it should be illegal to run an independent wrestling event in the summer in a building that's not air conditioned. It's like a war crime, Joe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I got something coming up here soon. And like, that is part of the reason that I might have to back out, but also the fact that, you know, Things aren't getting, they're getting a lot worse before they're getting better, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, to their credit, both the Camp Leapfrog show, which I did not attend, but I did watch, and the IWTV 100 event, you know, were 100% mask required. So uh, while that is great and it should be applauded, it did not help with the sweltering heats. But uh, the only, the, the best thing coming out of it is that I got to finally meet in person my favorite independent wrestling commentator, Kevin Ford. So that was nice.
0: Well, I knew, I didn't think Tim was there. Uh, he might have been there for Camp Leapfrog. But as I understand it, the blood feud is on hold for now between the two of you. Uh,
1: it's on hiatus. I haven't come up with a good dig yet. The problem is, is the friggin' A show's on hiatus. So it's like, you know, you can only build to this feud up so much without a, a platform to decimate Tim and his terrible drafting skills on.
0: You know? Well, I'm just listen, I'm just saying— Uh, I know that you want to have it be part of the A-show, but again, they're on hiatus. They're scheduling and everything else like that. If it fits into Tim's schedule, we could do it here as one of our episodes and just kind of settle the beef here. But unless he feels that this is um, uh, not neutral ground, I guess you would say, Mm. you know? Yeah,
1: possibly. Just like how Marcus would definitely cheat to help Tim out. I feel like the implication is there that you might cheat to help me out. Because Even though if it, he won't, you
0: if if it, if it would make you feel any better, I would cheat to help Tim out. So, <laughs> no, I listen. I I respect the sanctity of any sort of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's competition based, of course.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, that's why when I vote, I was the judge when Pod Van Dam did their season finale on it. I took it very seriously, and I had my notes and everything, and I purposely stacked it so Ed would lose. I mean, uh. <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah
1: But hey, yeah, IWTV100 was great A uh, lot of people on the show that I didn't know Which is, you know, a big surprise But, uh, you know, like obviously my first time ever seeing a Money in the Bank ladder match Or, or you know, redacted it.
0: You gotta take out that because it's it wasn't the Money in the Bank But you get the picture um, A you know, multi-person and, thing for a title shot hanging above the ring Exactly, exactly right.
1: But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of good matches, uh, maybe, uh, a match that I feel definitely wasn't worth the praise that it was getting, but, uh, you know, maybe more on that later. We'll see. Oh, boy. (laughs)
0: That'll, That'll be interesting to hear. Well, again, this is a very short, collapsible segment this week, so. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. stand wrestling history not too much uh only because i did see it pop up a little bit before we started recording here um happy 66th birthday to the stooge rooster himself paul w taylor a.k.a terry taylor oh all right <laughs> cock-a-doodle-doo
1: <laughs> who am i supposed to think that the red rooster is i, I have my todd terry him. funk terry funk okay okay <laughs>
0: And it's not that I don't like Terry Taylor. I do. Uh, I was a fan of Terry Taylor. I, as a kid, I didn't understand. Like I, again, I say, kid, twelve or thirteen year old, whatever. Uh, I thought the Red Rooster thing was stupid. And you know, Bruce Pritchard will always say it's like, oh, you know, if, only if Terry Taylor committed to that gimmick, you know, it could have did something with the Red Rooster. So when he turns babyface, he goes and has a brand new jacket made that says Red Rooster on it. Mm -hmm. He dyes the middle part of his hair red and spikes it up. Sure. Names his fans the Rooster Boosters. (laughs) And then, like, cuts all of his promos in, like, chicken and rooster puns. He worked as goddamn hard as he possibly could for it. But the problem was his first babyface feud was, like, losing to Steve Lombardi as the Brooklyn Brawler. (laughs) So... You know, and, yeah. and I think it's maybe the reputation that Terry Taylor has maybe after uh, and outside of the ring from 1999 to 2000 something or other. But I know in more recent years, a lot of people that I know have very nice things to say about him. So uh a doodle
1: Yeah. Yeah. and as is such as the way such as my way like i always learn things in reverse order uh i did not know about the red rooster until after i had already been exposed to terrence taylor you
0: know uh, the, or the, the Taylor York made part. man yes
1: yes yep. Yeah. but uh so that was my first exposure and i think i found out about the red rooster a e- couple of years later as i was going back and renting old manias and rumbles and stuff
0: and and i will say this Outside of like a person that I know buying their figure, that Target exclusive red rooster was one of the first figures uh you know for a non-friend, non whatever that I bought. Oh,
1: well there you go. That's that started your toy boying.
0: Yeah, kinda sorta. <laughs> yeah. We'll have that update at the end of the show here as well.
1: Oh, I know. Big week for both of us.
0: Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. <laughs> um but the other thing today, one year ago. Uh, Brian Myers made his return to Impact Wrestling.
1: Now, was that one year that the vignettes started airing, or that he made like an in-ring television appearance?
0: I don't think they did vignettes to debut him. I think
1: they did. If- they did the uh, where they he, they showed his mask and it was, they were it was him doing a voiceover saying like, "Oh, you're a good hand, and you know you got to learn your spot." And they ran vignettes for
0: like three
1: weeks before he debuted.
0: I think it was the debut of the vignettes. Okay. Oh, and, and Sneak of he- a Witch. Hang on. I have a correction, too. Usually I like to start with my corrections, but it's been a busy goddamn week. All right. Uh, but, that- yeah, more more on the, uh, the Brian stuff later here as well. All right. Is
1: that all you have for this day in history? Because if you yeah. do, you have, you have a glaring oversight, Joe. I do? You have a glaring oversight. Because if we're talking about people debuting on Impact... 1 year or just something akin to that 1 year ago today Orange Cassidy officially signed with AEW. Oh
0: okay. I thought he I, did uh, earlier than that.
1: Uh not according to the AEW Twitter feed it said that it was today's hmm. the 1 year anniversary of him officially signing.
0: Well, take uh <laughs> take the AEW t- t- Twitter feed with a grain of salt is all I say. Uh, they're, they're wrong more often than they're right, I'll just
1: say. L- listen, the, you're, you act like you have some kind of inside knowledge or like there's somebody that you could reach out and, and find out about this. So I'm okay, going by okay. what's public.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll say this. So the person who runs the AEW Twitter account uh-huh. is uh, Judge Jeff Jones. Oh. He, he fucks up things more often than he gets them right uh tagging the wrong jake the snake account to wish jake the snake a happy birthday um releasing match announcements and merch announcements before they're supposed to go out how Um, has he
1: not been disbarred at this point
0: well i i I got a lot of questions right (laughs) a lot of questions fair enough um, uh, but no, unfortunately, due to the way that Twitter handles things now, I can't find my correction. I'm sure some, someone will remind me. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, so last week with the ECW show, I said it was the last match of the Steiners. It was actually the first match of the Steiners in ECW. Oh, uh, yeah. I, as, a, I, as a team. I saw,
1: I saw Bix put you on blast like That's almost it was. immediately. I thought he sent
0: it to me as a message. I didn't know. He, I forgot that he did it publicly.
1: No, nope, he publicly shamed you.
0: Right, right. So it was um that was their first match together cuz Rick had done a bunch of solo spots. There were promos that were on TV maybe before of Rick and Scott together. But this was their that was their first, not their last appearance. So I wanted to make sure I had that correction. Thank God we cleared that up. Yeah, listen, I listen, I come on the show and I cock off and I say a lot of dumb stuff, but when I'm talking about facts, I like my facts to be factual
1: you know. <laughs> well, that makes one of us. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, let's get into what we liked and didn't like in the uh last uh 7 days in the world of professional wrestling.
1: All right, well, I will start things off, and I'm going to start things off with a like Joe, and okay. as I mentioned while I did not attend this show, I made it a point to uh, selectively watch uh the most recent Camp Leapfrog episode on Jerry's in- Internet Wrestling Emporium. Which was Abby Jane's 21st birthday. And my first like for this week is the five on five match featuring a bunch of little guys versus Team Boar, a.k.a. Boar and his Knights. Uh, Reason why it was clearly Team Boar was Boar came out first, very toyetic. Uh, Then when they did their group pose, he was dead center in the team pose. Uh, Did not take a single bump the entire match, at least one that was caught on camera. And then he hits the big spear to bring home the win for his team. Uh, Great, fun, quick match showcasing Pig Daddy Cool, uh, Big Calix and a bunch of other uh, guys. Uh, The only downside, I will say, is that whoever it was that was refereeing that match uh, definitely looked totally overwhelmed by the action. And uh, maybe you should just focus on running a draft podcast.
0: (laughs) So, um, I watched that match as well. Of course. And that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Um, I I, I don't like, and again... um, you don't like the boar, what? No, no, <laughs> listen. Um, so I thought the boar looked great in the little bit of time that he had in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say that maybe the, with that many people involved, um, they should do a better job of shooting the match.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: To make sure that they don't miss key moments uh, that I have to be told about afterwards. <laughs> um Also, I really felt the prolonged manager's spot was worthless. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could have been completely taken out of the match. And uh, I did watch a couple of the other matches in the Camp Leapfrog thing. And I'll just say the the production folks are relatively new. This is the first time that they were shooting an indoor live-to-tape sort of thing. Um. But their production really needs to step up their game because it sucked. They were missing shots. They were focusing too long on people that, like, had tagged out and were doing nothing. Um, the VOD version that went up just, like, left entire prolonged segments. Remember that old ECWA show that we watched on here one time?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Where they left in, like, the entire intermission of King Kong Bundy posing for <laughs> pictures? That's what uh, parts of watching the Camp Leapfrog show felt like. <laughs> I don't mean to be mean um, and I, I don't want to be like some old fuddy duddy I'm glad that they're doing something they're trying to build up whatever and they're giving a lot of people that lost their home a new home um, but uh can always be better
1: well while you're done I hope you're done bearing keep. Camp Leapfrog because I might have more to talk about it in another another thing
0: yeah I'm done <laughs> All right, what do you got? Uh, so let's go with a like. And this like is from uh, AEW Dynamite this past week. All right. Um, and I'm not going to pull out the entire match, okay? Um, but I'm going to specifically cite Dante Martin in the opening six-man match on Dynamite this past week. Um, if you watch this, you've probably seen Dante Martin wrestle once or twice before in tag team matches. Maybe if you watch Dark and or Dark Elevation like I do, uh, maybe you've seen him more often there. However, uh, if you watch this past Wednesday show, you saw a star being born. Uh, That was the most impressive performance that I've seen out of a 20 year old on a national stage. Um, All of his shit looked crisped. Uh, All of his stuff looked amazing. He was doing things that other people can't do. Um, His partner, Matt Seidel, who is a preeminent high flyer and former ECW alumni. uh, You could see Mm. him marking out in the background and a bunch of the stuff that Dante Martin was doing in this match. And he gets, even though he lost, he lost to the champion, but he went toe to toe with Kenny Omega for a good chunk of the end of that match. Yeah. So I know AEW is banking on people like Sammy Guevara or people like MJF. Uh, Even, you know, I think Darby Allin has kind of moved to that, like, level of younger talent ready to go up. Mm -hmm. you got to look at people like Jungle Boy. you got to look at people like Dante Martin. Those are the people that in five, six, seven years, those are going to be your real superstars. Maybe at AEW, maybe just in wrestling period.
1: I'm ashamed to say I didn't watch this match. I'm going to have to go and take a look at it. Yes, I, I didn't start watching AEW last night until like almost one thirty in the morning because uh, I, I had homework to watch. But right. uh, so that that ma- didn't make the cut. But maybe I'll go and go and see if I can track that down.
0: Highly recommended.
1: All right, cool. I'm gonna go ahead and just do my other like, and then I'm just gonna end on nothing but negativity, Joe. And as I teased before, my other like is also from Camp Leapfrog, and that is the main event. Which was Ultramantis Black, Hollow Wicked, and Abby Jane versus Travis Huckabee, Big Dan Champion, and the two-time WWE Hall of Famer Sidney Bacabella, with in their corner uh, the champion, a very good professional wrestler. Uh, this is in my. This could very easily have been in my likes. Simply because of Sydney's ring gear, which was the one shoulder strap gear like Bobby the Brain Heenan wears and a headband to keep his hair uh, styled. Uh, but uh, most of this match was just the heels isolating and beating down Abby, uh, but never actually being able to finish her off. And she gets the hot tag eventually to Mantis and Wicked who clean house. Eventually, Abby gets the pinfall and Sidney Bacabella to send the crowd home happy. Uh, it was just a, a fun match. Again, I enjoyed. Those were the only two things that I went and watched on Camp Leapfrog, um, but I enjoyed both of them. As you mentioned, there are issues with the production, uh, but you know what? I'll give them some credit because maybe the camera and tripod was melting in that weather.
0: I watched this match as well. Um, I thought all people in the match looked good. Mm -hmm. Um, I like seeing Mantis go in there and bump around and do, you know, the things that I know that he still can do. Um, I would like to talk to whoever put that match together just to, you know, just to see what their thought process was on that. And again, I will preface this by saying Mm
2: -hmm.
0: what I said before in regards to Camp Leapfrog, these were a lot of people that lost their home promotion. And again, we're not going to beep out Chikara, but again, a lot of these people were Chikara folks, either past or present or people that were getting ready to come out. I know Abby Jane is a brand new uh, student. Um, I would like to think that she wasn't trained uh, during when Chikara wasn't supposed to be running, but I do know that she was trained by Travis Huckabee, uh, and he did a really good job. Um, but not unlike Stone Cold Steve Austin says to John Cena when he puts on uh, the STFU, uh, Abby, when you put that uh, Chikar special on, you got to tighten that up a little bit. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I thought it was a fun match, a fun experience, a uh, cool moment, if you will. And uh, I hope they gave, uh, I hope Vince Jr. called. To uh, put Sydney back into the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame after that match.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And then when it gets kicked out, it could be a three-time Hall of Fame. Right.
0: Yeah. So, I'm going to save... So, again, I don't think it's going to get ranty. But, again, I'd be remiss not to mention it. Okay? Yep. Um, This is my dislikes. I got to kind of pare back on my likes uh, a little bit here. uh, So... It had been announced, and it had been teased, and it had been mentioned that XPW was coming back. Um, I know it's attempting to be timed with the XPW episode of Dark Side of the Ring that they wisely uh, did not contact Rob Black about. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rob Black is the former uh, Extreme Associates porno company producer. They announced their first show coming up the first week of November. Uh, In Rochester, uh, they're having an eight-man tournament. And uh, if you did not know or did not realize that Rob Black was a piece of shit, uh, you can go listen to his right-wing radio show. Uh, You can also go look at some of the branding that he has out there for this XPW show. Uh, You can't cancel what was canceled. Uh, Never thought it would be easy to trigger a bunch of millennial wrestling fans. Uh, And then uh, their slogan and their logo is fuck woke culture. Hmm. Now, this is very easily ignorable. As soon as I saw this stuff popping up on my timeline, I'm like, oh, this is easy. I could just mute these accounts and I could just mute the term XBW and be done with it Mm -hmm. until they just recently announced their uh, opening crew of wrestlers that are going to be on the show. Uh, Masada, no surprise there. Uh, Schlack, no surprise there. Uh, Madman Fulton, I don't know who that is. Jake mm-hmm. Christ, let's say no surprise there. Um, Mance Warner, Matt Justice. Um, I can't say that I'm not surprised, but I don't know those guys enough to be disappointed. Uh, Colin Delaney, also announced. A little disappointed in Colin there. Um, but I do have to tip my hat uh, to John Wayne Murdoch, who was announced for this, and then immediately came out and said, no, nah, you can take me off this. I'm not doing the show. Fuck this guy. Hmm. Um, and let's say that maybe he didn't realize what this guy has been up to to promote the show. Um, but, I, like, all the people that are like, oh, man, I can't believe Schlack would work for this guy. Oh, my goodness. Masada, Mr. 8.63 on Cage Match, I can't believe he would stoop so low to work for a guy who did federal prison time for videotaping killing animals on the internet in, like, 2003 or 2004. Um, I don't know. If you're friends with any of these people, like, ask them what the hell their problem is working for a piece of shit like this. Um, Colin, I guess, just because it's Rochester... But, again, that's still kind of no excuse. Um, this is the exact opposite of making res- the wrestling world better. Um, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be on Fight TV, and there's nothing you can do about Fight TV. But if you're really interested in this show, definitely pirate it. Do not pay money for this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, I don't know, kind of sort of fuck everyone involved with this. mm <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know enough about this like to to have a, any kind of anything to add to it, but I agree with everything you say. So uh, I am surprised some of those names, you know.
0: Nah, the only one I'm kind of the only one uh, I'm surprised about is Colin. Like I said, I I only imagine just because it's a local Rochester show, uh, but this guy's a piece of shit.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and do a dislike and this dislike could very easily just be WWE in general, but uh, most specifically, obviously we are always late to the party uh, as noted on uh, you know all the other podcasts on the soon to be named network that when we do our podcast, it is right before news breaks, but uh, there was more NXT releases right after we recorded last week most notably the recent former North American champ Bronson Reed, uh, among others. And there's also rumors that the brand might get a complete overhaul, change of direction, back to being something like a pure developmental. Uh, And the thing that sucks is that out of all of the WWE shows, NXT was the most watchable, at least over the past year, in my opinion. Uh, And now that that might go away. And we say this every single week, almost, that there's A lot of good people that work for the WWE, but it's a shitty, shitty, shitty company. Uh, So it's like, on one hand, you're like, I I hate to see people lose their jobs. But on the other hand, like, I want to see that company burn. And I know that those two things contradict each other. But my second dislike is just
0: the WWE in general. Yeah, this is all my dislikes as well. Um, Bobby Fish, who had literally wrestled that Tuesday on TV... Uh, Jake Atlas, who they'd kind of start and stop stuff with. Uh, Ari Sterling, who I forget what his uh, indie name was, but he was someone uh, just like Asher Hale. Uh, Asher Hale, who was um, another GCW guy who literally had a match on 205 Live that night as the announcements were coming out. Of people being released, Kona Reeves, who has been in developmental for almost 10 years. Uh, Leon Ruff, another former North American champion who, oh, yeah. you know, had been off TV. And I think his wife is still there as a referee. Uh, Stefan Smith, who again, I don't know who that is. Tyler Rust, who was part of Diamond Mine on TV the previous Tuesday. Um, Zachariah Smith, Giant uh, Zanjir, Mercedes Martinez, who was recently on TV and is at home convalescing with a concussion that she got in the match that she had with Zia Lee. But obviously, as you mentioned, the biggest one was Bronson Reed, who had just won the North American Championship, was just in a big program with John Gargano, um, was doing darks and main events uh, for the Raw side of things, and then he was let go and. That really sucks. And you mentioned that there's going to be changes. There's going to be more releases. There's, there's talk that there's people that are on the NXT TakeOver card that are going to be released. You know? Um, and so it sucks that these people are being released. It sucks that WWE is fucking around with people's lives, essentially making people uproot. Many times people uprooting from different countries. And even if that country is Canada, it's still a different country. Um, making them uproot and move their entire lives to Florida just to screw with them for a long time. Um, and this thing was, unfortunately, Triple H decided he was going to create his own ring of honor and he was taking all the big names from your ring of honors and your PWGs and everything else like that. And then when AEW started, they just essentially started warehousing talent And now, you know, it was like five years, the experiment failed, and now we're going to go back to the old way of doing things. I don't feel bad for Triple H. I don't feel bad for anyone involved under his regime on that sort of thing. Mm. But it just sucks for all the talent that were sold a bill of goods um, in regards to this. And, you know, even to the fans and like, you know, as you mentioned, NXT has been enjoyable and watchable. Um, You know, Raw is a piece of trash. SmackDown, for the most part, is okay. Um, It'll be interesting to see because if they want it to be an actual developmental thing, it can't be on TV. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to see these people learning and trying out new things and everything else like that. It's supposed to be off TV unless you're in the local area. You know, that's how OVW was, and people would kind of try and get tapes of it. That's how FCW Deep South were. It was only in that local area, and they would run house shows or whatever it was, and they're not even doing that on NXT yet, and I understand why, because we're still in the midst of a pandemic. Um, But there's more releases coming. Get ready.
1: Yeah. And obviously, you know, there's talk that, you know, Adam Cole is working without a contract. So what possible reason, unless they're going to back up a Brinks truck to him, would he have to resign? And based on his size, I, I don't feel like they would back up a Brinks truck, you know, because he doesn't meet this whole new rumored, like, everybody's got to be big and young and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, man, like, just imagine, like, a couple months ago we were talking about how the NXT women's division is the best on the planet. And now it's like, eh, you have couple people you know everybody else is either gone called up exposed as being not that great you know uh it's disappointing but
0: yeah yeah
1: all right so we overlap there do you want to go i have one dislike left
0: i got a like less left but i have to go last
1: all right so i will go with my final dislike joe and i teased this earlier and i'll take some heat for it but i don't care uh my final dislike is the main event from IWTV 100, Wheeler Utah defending against Red Death Daniel Garcia. I just want to say, Joe, these two guys, really, really, really good professional wrestlers. I don't think that there's any surprise there. Uh, The fact that they went an hour in that heat, an amazing show of stamina and athleticism. Hard-hitting, very good match. But here's the thing, Joe. They put on a really good 20-minute match, and they did it, like, three times. Like, as I'm sitting there watching the match with Kevin Ford, I'm basically saying to him, hey, all right, they're doing some grappling into some submission attempts, then they start slapping the shit out of each other in a quick offensive flurry, and then they do some more grappling into a submission. It was a cycle, and at around the 25-minute mark, I started to determine, hey, there's a little bit of a pattern here. I feel like they're going to be going a while. It's like it was obvious, at least being in the live crowd. They're pacing themselves because they're just doing the same. It's like a formula. And when very good professional wrestler came out, I was like, "Okay, he's going to get involved somehow. It turns out he's just really keeping time. And then the ring announcer or the PA says 30 minutes have expired, 30 minutes remaining. I looked over at Kevin and I said, they're going to go to a fucking hour, aren't they? he's like, oh, probably. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So anyways, again, these two guys busting their ass in, in just oppressive heat, but just doing the same stuff over and over again. Uh, and they could have very easily, if they wanted to say that they went to a time limit draw and it was a stalemate and Garcia got the, you know, managed to do the tap out, but it was right before the time expired could have very easily done it with a 30 minute time limit draw and again these guys again i I don't want it to seem like i'm coming down on them or their effort it's just they did 20 minutes worth of moves and spread out over 30 minutes or spread out over the course of an hour um i saw a lot of praise that this is like a five-star classic and a gem and i hope it was hyperbole to put some eyes on the show because you know it was a good show from top to bottom but uh not a good match, man. I, 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 maybe it looked better on television, but in person, uh, I was very underwhelmed. And again, maybe I'm just grumpy because I was sweating my balls off. But uh, I, I was like, "Come on, wrap it up!" At least halfway through that match. Uh,
0: I haven't got a chance to watch the match yet because I have a lot of shit I had to watch this week. Um, I do plan on watching it. I do like long. I do like a good long grapple. Um, I do get your concern. Um, maybe what they could have done, and again, I haven't seen the match yet, I don't know these two guys, maybe what they could have did was do a half hour time limit match, right? Yep. And then do a rematch where it goes like 45 minutes, and then do a rematch where it goes an hour, and then do a match where it's no time limit, where you're building this thing instead of just doing the hour up front. But hey man, nobody consults me on shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they don't have their number and I don't talk to them every day is all I'm saying. Yeah. And and I, I, Jerry will never hear this. So
1: <laughs> like literally go, if you're going to watch that match, figure out what the last 20 minutes of the match is, you know, like just go to, you know, 40 minutes have already expired in the match. Start there and you'll have 20 minutes of action. And you're not going to miss any spots or moves because uh, they just kind of redid the same stuff three times. So you'll be able to watch the last 20 minutes, get all the uh, drama of the finish, and, and you won't miss a thing.
0: Uh, if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it. You know what I mean? All right. Fair enough. All right. So uh, I got a like left. All right. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. You said you didn't watch uh, all of uh, Dynamite this week. I bounced around. But as you know, uh, this Friday is the debut episode of AEW Rampage. And they announced that one of the matches on the opening match on Rampage uh, is going to be for the Impact World title. Kenny Omega defending against the undefeated Christian Cage. That's not my like. Okay. Um, Also... Uh maybe you're aware of this, but as we record this, Impact is on. Mm-hmm. And the main event of Impact, as we're watch, as I'm watching this currently as we're recording, uh, is a battle royal, uh, where the winner of the match gets the impact get a gets a shot at the impact title next week on emergence, which is like one of the impact plus like whatever pay per views, but not pay-per-views yeah and um you know as we're recording the match is going on but this match has been in the can for a couple of weeks uh the winner of the battle royal is brian myers oh spoiler so well you're you weren't gonna get a chance to watch it until after we were done recording anyway yeah so uh when this was originally recorded i'm like hey holy shit that's pretty cool brian's gonna get a match against Kenny Omega." They've got a history going back to Deep South Wrestling, everything else like that. And then yesterday, I'm like, oh shit, they're going to have Christian win the belt. And they're going to do Brian against Christian at Emergence. And uh, I- I'm pretty hyped for that match. And I'm pretty hyped for Brian to get that match.
1: And pretty hyped for Brian to become the next Impact Champion.
0: Ah, uh, no, because Christian's going to have to lose it back to Kenny, so because Kenny can keep the belts and everything else like that. Now, I don't know if Emergence has been recorded yet. I think that's part of, like, their next – because, like, what's airing right now on Impact was the end of, like, that broski thing. It's like, oh, man, I had to wrestle two times in three days. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, That's the end of that taping cycle. So I'm sure with Emergence this weekend, that's the beginning of another taping cycle, right? Yeah. So I'm sure they'll do emergence or whatever, whatever, whatever. And on Impact, they've already done like a bunch of drop-ins of, you know, new interviews of people talking about the Rampage match. Uh, an interview with Christian with Fathead Mar- Marvez with an Impact microphone talking about the match with Kenny uh, on Friday. And again, it's to build up... Um. I don't think they're doing Christian versus Kenny for the pay-per-view for the AEW title. I think they're going to do something else on next week's Rampage to kind of throw a monkey in that plan. A monkey versus that plan. But none of that matters because I I have a feeling that we're going to get Brian versus Christian uh, this this Saturday on Emergence. And uh, it's pretty goddamn awesome, man.
1: Yeah. You'll have to uh re up your Impact Plus subscription.
0: I think you get like seven days free if you make a new email address. I mean, uh <laughs> for first uh, time subscribers, yeah. Something like that. But yeah. um Yeah, and even still, um, even if it's not Christian, which I think it's gonna be, you know, Ryan versus Kenny's a pretty good match too, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I know this is a very markish thing to say, but I like that's one of my favorite things about watching AEW these days: is the fact that like the Impact Tag Titles were defended on AEW, and the uh, NWA Women's uh, Championship, you know, number one contender match was on AEW. You know, the uh, the Forbidden Door. I guess I'm a fan of being open.
0: <laughs> and they even mentioned uh, during the uh, Daniel Garcia versus uh, Darby Allen match. That, you know, uh, Daniel Garcia, had wrest- and I think even during the Wheeler Uta match, that um, they both wrestled, like, six times in the last, like, however many days. Yeah, um,
1: they mentioned the one-hour time limit draw. And they
0: mentioned the one-hour time limit. Like, the fact that they're mentioning, like, what these guys are doing on the indies is pretty wild, too, you know?
1: Yeah. As uh, opposed to WWE. Good, B- good for
0: Brian. you know? Yeah as
1: opposed to WWE who won't acknowledge what they did in their own company 6 months ago.
0: Right, cuz they can't cuz that person was probably let go by the time that <laughs> whatever they're doing is going to air. So, yeah. All right. So you're list- you're you're definitely going to be listening to this after um, uh, Impact is done airing, except for Adam who got that spoiled on him. Yeah, thanks buddy. <laughs> no problem. So let's get into homework. you owe your
1: family and yourself. Alright, so you gave me Chikara Great Escape from Mm -hmm. Portland, Maine and before the show there was a series of YouTube clips all of which
0: were... Yeah, I did. did.
1: Yes, where in the world is Archibald Peck? Now, I had already seen a couple of these because they were sprinkled throughout some of the previous homeworks but it was basically Archibald Peck uh forlornly and sadly walking through New York City, Stanford, Connecticut, Montreal, Ottawa, White the White House, and Dallas, Texas.
0: And I, I didn't recognize knew- the one was uh Ottawa.
1: I only knew that because of the YouTube comments.
0: <laughs> okay. Never read the comments.
1: Uh it was all right that time. It's Jakarta comments, so they're family
0: friendly. I don't know. Check the date <laughs> check the date and timestamp on them. If there's anything within the last 14 months they might not be.
1: Yeah. All right. So again, those were all pretty much the same thing. And, and oddly enough, and I'll just put this right here at the end of the show proper was one of these YouTube clips as well. I forget which one. It might have been the the Ottawa. No, it was the Montreal one was at the end of uh, the Great Escape show. So I don't know if you knew that that was there, but whatever.
0: I didn't. Uh, uh, but you needed to see them. You needed to see them all before the show. And I want to throw this out there. So while those were being recorded, okay, there was an attempt made, and I think it was a scheduling conflict, where they were going to have one of them, uh, where Kevin Sullivan, as the Taskmaster, was going to appear and attempt to recruit uh, Archibald Peck for the Dungeon of Doom. It was pitched, Kevin Sullivan was for it, but I think it was like a scheduling and a timetable thing where it never worked out. That's a shame. All right, so the
1: show proper opens up. Uh, First, I want to comment on the venue. Apparently, it was a bit of a hot one there as well, based on the commentary mentioning that a bunch of times. So, again, I'd like to point out indie shows in the summer in non-air-conditioned
0: buildings should be illegal. Well, there was air conditioning. I don't know if you could tell, because it appeared as though the air conditioning was mic'd up for this event. (laughs) I thought it was all, like, the giant fans that you heard. Uh, I definitely think it was a little combination of both.
1: Okay. Uh, Aesthetically, one of the nicer buildings that, you know, I've seen Jakara in with all the giant colorful banners. Those fit really well into the Jakar motif, you know, with the... Green and red and all that stuff, but uh, the first match is Green Ant versus a Sail Ant. Uh, Gavin and Bryce Remsburg on commentary. Commentary made a joke that Green Ant is the total package of Chikara, which led to a bunch of a bunch of Vince McMahon impressions and impersonations. So I like that. Uh, they made it a point to once again point out that all the stables are broken up or in disarray because of Chikara Metrics or uh, what was it called? Chikarba yeah all right, so uh a couple times actually no, i want to say at one point greeny clotheslines lines assailant on the side of the head really stiff which looked like it knocked out assailant salient. looked pretty sick uh and at the end of the day, green ant wins with the chikar special again, I will say uh ant versus ant matches aren't my thing, but not a bad opener better
0: than the some of the previous ones all right, I'll say this. Uh, go and watch this match. Match itself is only about nine minutes long. Um, but go to about the seven minute mark. And you're going to see that there's a couple mess ups, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: where at one point, like, Green Ant attempts to go, like, do a clothesline and it's supposed to, like, be ducked and into a Samoan drop. And that kind of gets fucked up a little bit. Yeah, that might be the
1: clothesline I'm talking about.
0: Okay, well, no, no. So then a little bit later on, um... There's another part where they try to do something similar off of a clothesline, and that kind of gets bumblefucked. And then a third time, and Green Ant just d- d- kills a assailant. And we're saying, like, okay, he kills assailant with his clothesline. you got to see this for yourself. It's crazy how bad <laughs> Green Ant kills him. I felt so bad for assailant after that one, uh, especially after watching the Syracuse show where uh, Soldier Ant murders him. And, like, gives him, like, <laughs> multiple suplexes on the floor for no reason whatsoever. And uh, Green Ant was, uh, he was doing his best Josh Bishop impersonation. He was a little stiff in this encounter.
1: <laughs> All right, so next up we have a four-way elimination match. Bryce and Ultramantis Black on commentary. We have Cobalt versus... Cameron Matthews versus Jive and Jimmy versus Anthony Stone, but before the match, a very cliche Cameron Matthews promo during Cobalt's entrance, Matthews jumps Jimmy. So like not all all four of the combatants weren't in the ring yet, but, uh, you know, Matthews gets a jump on it. Uh, There was a cool spot where Stone is like on the middle rope or the top rope and he runs across the back of two of his opponents to uh, attack the third one. I like that. I liked Bryce's line after uh, Jive and Jimmy hits an eye poke where Bryce is like, why Jimmy, why? Uh, He really sold that well, Uh, but eventually Cobalt defeats Jive and Jimmy right after that uh, Matthews uh does some pretty impressive top rope offense. Stone defeats Matthews and then eventually Stone defeats Cobalt with some weird move where he basically pulls Cobalt off the top rope for the pin.
0: Uh this match was fine. Um uh, mm-hmm. I think there there like there may have been plans for something bigger um to go with Anthony Stone, maybe he was going to be a member of Fist at some point. Um, But I think it just never worked out.
1: Okay. Uh, Next up, Frightmare versus Ophidian. Uh, I think this was a really good match. This was lots and lots of fast-paced lucha wrestling at the very beginning of it. Both of them looked great. This might be the first time seeing... With this watch-through that we're doing, Frightmare in solo action, I, I I could be wrong about that, but I feel like he was always mixed up with, like, you know, tag matches or Atomicos or something like that. Uh, Ophidian also looking better than he has through this watch-through that we're doing. Um, oh, at one point, Ophidian removes his waist sash, uses it to choke out Frightmare. Around that time, Delirious comes out. He takes the sash to see if there's any good sniffs left. Uh, twice Ophidian is dropped on his head, uh, once with a cutter and another time with a her and Conrana, and he sells it really well where he does like a no hands headstand. Uh, and eventually Ophidian wins with the Cobra clutch or whatever, like the Viper death grip or whatever he calls it.
0: Yeah. So Frightmare was coming back from a real serious leg injury. He was out for a very long time. Um, this match could have been cut for time, but there are no Ophidian matches that don't go over 10 minutes. That's just a law. Uh Ophidian was in great shape, which is which made it further like point out like in a lot of the shows that we watch, he would like wrestle in a t shirt for his matches. And mm. he's in like super really good shape. So I don't know. I'm super confused on like past shows. Um you could tell that Frightmare was a little rusty, of course, coming back. I think he was out for like nine months or something crazy like that. Um match was good. Uh like I said, Ophidian did his signature bump that like kind of freezing thing on the head dumps. Yeah. Um, You know, match was good. Oh, see, I, I I genuinely liked it. At least the beginning of
1: it, you know, the ending tapered off a little bit once you had the outside interference, but I thought it was a very, very hot open to the match.
0: Oh, and I'll say this. Okay. So Mantis is on commentary for this. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Mantis is currently embroiled in a feud with Ophidian and Delirious and the whole crew. Right. Yeah. So Delirious coming out, Mantis should have been like more agitated about that happening or Delirious should have attempted to attack Mantis or at least made some sort of like motion like he was going to do something to Mantis. Like they're right there. They're within like 10 feet of each other and they're embittered in like this heated rivalry and like neither one does anything about it. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Hmm. All right, so next up, uh, quite possibly, this could have been the main event uh, of this show, or any show for that matter. And that is Icarus versus the mysterious and handsome stranger. Before I get into who the stranger uh, may, I mean, I don't know who he is, because he's mysterious. but uh, And handsome! And handsome. But uh, before we get to that, I just want to point out uh, Icarus coming out. First of all, gets in an argument with some guy in a brony mask, uh, then kind of goes to like trash talk a kid and looks like he scared the hell out of him. But Icarus, to his credit, just doubled down on being a dick to the kid. That was kind of awesome. And then when some giant seven foot tall dude stands up, Icarus without without missing a beat, just turns around deadpan, walks the other direction to go hit on a woman. Uh, So like really good crowd work from Icarus there. And then we see the debut of his opponent, uh, a masked cowboy the mysterious and handsome stranger uh here to do some cowboy crap because it's a family show, Joe
0: riding um, in on a riding in on a horse named desire.
1: Us, <laughs> uh, the stranger again, very mysterious yet very familiar. I, I, I don't know, you know, you can kind of see through his mask, like his eyes and his, his mouth and just something about him that looks very familiar. But uh, again, I, I, I don't know what it is, but the mysterious and handsome stranger over like a million bucks in front of the Chikara crowd. Uh, he ends up winning with a top rope lo- or top rope leg drop, some high risk maneuvers from the stranger. And as he's uh, riding off into the sunset, there was a lot of please come back chance for him. So again, great debut, great match from Icarus as well. Very fun match.
0: Uh, Icarus is a master uh, at, at riling up a crowd. Um, I, and again, obviously the, Just in case, um, you know, Mysterious and Handsome, Stranger is a new character, new, you know, it's a first Chikar show in this market. You send someone like out there, like Icarus, to really rile up the crowd to make it very clear Mm -hmm. that no matter who comes through that curtain, you're going to cheer them over this guy who just spent five minutes, like, riling the entire front row on all four sides up, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, there is more to come from the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger. And I will say this, that most and all of the supplemental material that we will be watching between here and there are all Mysterious and Handsome Stranger promos.
1: Excellent. Excellent. All right. So I was getting a little Chikara fatigue, but that might have brought me back in. All right. Okay. Next up, we have, uh, again, another match that was kind of put together due to the Chakara metrics, and that is the team of 3.0 and Gran Akuma versus Combatant, Deviant, and Soldier Ant. So Soldier Ant, obviously, coming over from the colony, forced to team with his uh, arch Um He also has an armband that says Prisoner of War POW, so that was kind of a nice touch. Uh, Gavin and Green Ant on commentary soldier ant breaks up cheating attempts of his teammates multiple times and will not participate in uh triple teams three point Akuma eventually gets the win. Uh, 3.0 is awesome. They rule. Um, but yeah, fun match. Okay. Not enough, uh, yelling and, and crowd work from 3.0 for my taste.
0: Uh, agreed. Agreed. This is a long drive for a lot of people. Um, this match was good. I think, um, Doing a lot of the Chikarba metrics mixed up partner stuff in front of new crowds in retrospect might not have been the best idea, but it is what it is. Yeah.
1: Uh, next up, the Batiri versus Jakob Hammermeyer and Tim Dunst. Tim Dunst is still very sad that his head was shaved, even though it's growing back. Get over it. Uh, Bryce and Leonard F. Chikarson on commentary. Delirious is out again for this match. Donst and Jakob are not on the same page. Uh, at one point, one of the members of the Batiri comes over and kind of rustles uh, Donst's head, which finally snaps him out of his funk because prior to that, he was not accepting tags from Jakob. Um, you know, so Donst is a house on fire for a little bit until he isn't. For whatever reason, at some point, he just stops caring again, and the Batiri win via DDT
0: uh,
1: over Heimer Meyer.
0: Again, another one where it's, you know, like it's technically two heel teams. Jakob is pretty much a babyface for the most mm-hmm. part. Works most of the matches as a babyface and works it mostly as a handicap match against the Batiri. But all four of these guys are awesome and it's building a storyline, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, next is the Shard versus Sugar Dunkerton. Uh, nothing much happens in this match, unfortunately, at least in my opinion. Dunkerton, at one point, finds two basketballs and uses them as foreign objects. Uh, Sugar wins with, like, a roll-up, and the Shard is left Hungy for a win.
0: Uh, well, Shard is going to be moving to more of a, uh, tag team wrestler here in the near future. Um, I like the fact that it was, like, a flash finish out of nowhere this should have been earlier in the card instead of this late in the card being that this was a uh, nothing doing on uh match yeah
1: all right your semi-main event if you will was Ultramantis Black Jigsaw Hollow Wicked and Mike Quackenbush versus the Young Bucks and the Heartthrobs I believe this is the first time I'm seeing the Heartthrobs because it was said on commentary that this was their Chikar debut is that correct that's correct All right. Um, So, you know, I will say that uh, Romeo from the Hearthrobs, one of the biggest guys I've seen in Shakara. Um, At one point when the faces had the advantage, the heels all took a powder and literally went to a whiteboard that was behind the crowd and started drawing up plans. And when that plan didn't work out, they retreated and tried to draw up new plans. Uh, Hollow Wicked sold a feather boa being thrown in his face as an offensive maneuver. So that's a thing. Uh, Lots of heels isolating uh, one guy, distracting Bryce and doing heel shit. You know, that was a lot of the buildup to the match. I love the the spot where the heart thro- heart throbs were trying to emulate Nick Jackson's uh you know running from post to post, dropping elbows. They were trying to coordinate how to do that spot as well, and they ended up running into each other in double clotheslining, just like funny goofy, you know, crowd work stuff. Um uh, Wicked ends up picking up the pin after the blonde heart throb misses an attempt to hit him with a stuffed animal.
0: Uh so this match is like twenty minutes long. Mm -hmm. And it felt like every minute of that 20, um, there was a lot of gaga in this match. Now, the Heartthrobs, you might remember, they had a WWE main roster run coming out of OBW in like 06, maybe?
1: Really? I don't remember them at all. What were they called? The Heartthrobs? Oh. (laughs) I honestly have no recollection of this. Did they get a Jack-specific figure?
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Uh... Jax Pacific.
1: So, I mean, come on, the Jim and I got figures, right? Uh,
0: they did not. They oh. did not.
1: I have no recollection. Were they just briefly up? Like,
0: is it like, hey, they're on Velocity or something like that? Uh, no, no. They were like main rostery dudes, um, like on Raw and shit, you know? Um Are you sure this isn't like so-
1: like a fever dream i have no
0: recollection it would have been like oh five like they like feuded with like rosie and the hurricane for the tag titles
1: huh all right then good <laughs> Do you on remember that.
0: rosie I... and the hurricane were the tag team champions
1: i i remember the hurricane and rosie i don't remember them being tag champions was that when her, uh, rosie was shit yes <laughs> superhero in training yes all right. No. So I, I said I, I, I
0: said 06 it was like actually like 05, right? Yeah. Um huh. they were there until like maybe early 06 and then they were let they were sent back down to OVW and then they were let like, go.
1: Yeah, like I maybe this is like a a weird time where I just wasn't paying much attention to wrestling.
0: Right. Uh the blonde uh Heartthrob you might know better as Thomas Santel who was like the nerd grappler character that wrestled in Beyond maybe like three, four years ago in a tag team with Nick Gage as Nerder Death Kill?
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, this match was good. It definitely felt as though a lot of people had their house show pants on where they weren't <laughs> really going to work too hard because we had another show the next night in Everett, Mass. And it was a long drive from uh, Portland, Maine to Everett, Mass the next day. Mm. Uh, but again, this match was fine. It was just too long. But again, it's a lot of people. It's new characters, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. All right. So your main event, the grand champion, Eddie Kingston, defending against Sarah Del Rey. Match started off with Sarah basically kicking Eddie repeatedly in the leg and everywhere across the chest, across the back. All the while, Eddie Kingston is like trash talking her and calling her sweetheart, which was, which was great. Uh, lots of leg locks from Sarah Del Rey. Uh, Eddie eventually turns the tides with an eye poke, which, uh, you know, in his effort not to, you know, kayfabe, kayfabe hit her in the eyes. It looks like he might have busted her nose because uh, her nose started bleeding. And obviously Eddie pointed that out saying, He's your, your nose bleeding, sweetheart, which was good. Uh, eventually, Sarah starts working on Eddie's injured right arm, which is affecting Eddie's offense. Then a bunch of stuff happens, and Eddie hits the back fist to the future and retains. Then everybody gives Sarah Del Rey her flowers. And I will say, Joe, once again, I'll take the heat on this. Love Eddie Kingston. Really like Sarah Del Rey. This match was a meh for me. Really? Yeah.
0: I I remember, uh, again, calling this match, and I really liked it quite a bit. And I probably revisited it shortly afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really liked it here too. Um, I thought these two worked well together. Um, I liked the slow build and the slow pace of the match. I liked how like the first, like fourth of the match was like all Sarah and Eddie really couldn't get in on anything. Uh, but rewatching this match, I really liked it. Uh, I just think that you not liking this and not liking the, uh, Wheeler Yuta, Daniel Garcia match, uh, means that you just don't like wrestling.
1: Oh, that's entirely possible. No, I'm not going to say it's a bad match, but I feel like the buildup to this might have oversold it for me. Like, even when I was at IWTV, uh, Kevin had said, you know, I can't wait to hear what you think of this match. Like, it's it's such a great match. So I just kind of went into it expecting, like, a six-star Tokyo Dome match, you know?
0: Uh, you know, I wouldn't say six stars, but I, I would definitely, like, give it a legit five, like four and a half at the very least, you know?
1: Yeah, I, again, it was good, but it, it wasn't a WoW match, in my opinion.
0: And that's just my okay. opinion. I don't Fair know. enough.
1: I guess I need more whiteboards in my matches.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and listen, I like the Gaga and everything else like that, but, you know, really, at the end of the day, I'm more of a, a grappling guy, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, hey, Joe, there's a lot of different wrestling out there for people.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. All right, so obviously we'll revisit Shakara when it's your turn to assign homework again. But it is my turn to assign homework,
0: Joe. And oh, wait, I, I, before you yes. do, before yes. you do. Yes. Um, I'm going to write something down.
1: Okay. And don't say it because- I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I'm sure you might have a good guess because I have alluded to this in the past.
0: Oh, okay, There's, so I, don't, I was going to do a whole thing where I hold it up to the camera to see That I'm not like, oh, I knew it. But I wrote down what I think you're going to assign.
1: Okay. Uh, Joe, as everybody knows, I'm a big fan of indie wrestling. I'm also a big fan of really good actors. Uh, So I'm going to combine those two things by taking one of the greatest independent wrestlers of the last couple years. And one of the greatest actors of the last couple years. And that is Stephen Amell in his new TV show, Debuting on Stars Sunday, August fifteenth, and that is Heels. We're gonna watch the debut episode of Heels, Joe, and I'm sure you already knew that.
0: I already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been doing my best to avoid anything on this, right? They kind of been hammered home and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Now I do. Uh, I did recently buy tickets. Uh, for a, uh, you know, because you know they usually do this for the third episode of a TV show where they'll do like a preview screening of it on a Friday night at a movie theater.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course. So I'm going
0: to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing that because they're doing that for not episode one, which you would think they would do since the debut episode. You think they might do it for episode two. You would think that if they're going to do it for episode three, they might like advertise it or give a place where you could buy tickets for it. But don't worry. Uh, if, Someone as trustworthy as someone involved in this TV show says that they're going to be at a private advanced movie theater screening of episode three of Heels, then I believe them, Adam. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm sure that whoever it is you're talking about is very reputable, never goes back on anything they say, you know, loyal to their friends, all that stuff, you know?
0: Well, uh, that's the problem. You said friends, plural, as though he has more than one. But I get what you mean. I I, I understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we will go ahead and watch that episode. I was going to watch it anyways, because as I said, I believe Stephen Amell is one of the greatest actors slash wrestlers of our generation. So I think it's time to give him his flowers and we'll talk about that
0: this week. Hey, could I and I I think I've mentioned this privately to people. Uh, I hate the phrase give them their flowers. Okay, I just I, hate it. It's I don't know. Like I feel I
1: I I've taken that as I do many things from Final Wrestling Place.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good that be taken from Final Wrestling Place. And that I don't know, that's not one of them. All
1: right. But they're
0: fair. not the they're not the only ones guilty of it. I see people it's like tweeting like give so and so their flowers and I'm like I don't know. Like, how do you fucking give them money? You know, I don't know. Like, then uh, if they want to go buy flowers, then go buy their own goddamn flowers.
1: <laughs> All right, Joe, give Stephen of money.
0: No. <laughs> well, again, I'm giving them money when I go to the advanced screening of episode three. That's Friday night at a movie theater. <laughs> that's what I'm doing.
1: Yes. All right. Fair enough. Well, just make sure uh, you, you somehow figure out a way to watch episodes one and two because you don't want them spoiled. I'm Wait, one sure and two? Well, no, no. I'm saying, like, episode one comes out this week. Oh, That's okay. Our I two
0: episodes this week, and I swear to Christ. Oh, oh. God
1: forbid I give you, like, two hours of like, <laughs> programming to watch. You know what? I'm going to make a new rule that I'm willing to do two hours of Chikara— and then if you give me a show that's two and a half hours long, I'm going to ask you right off the rip. What half hour
0: would you like me to fast forward through, Joe? Uh, so here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. Uh, oh. Next Chikara show I assign, I will give you matches to skip. How about that? Okay. That, that, that's very fair. But all I was
1: getting at is somehow, before you attend this live uh, broadcast streaming with uh, a certain special guest, make sure you somehow figure out a way to watch the first two episodes. All I'm
0: right, saying. right. Because, again, not a liar, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm just looking. See, now you got me thinking of what the next Chikara show is that I got to assign to you. How are we doing this one? Huh? We might be... No, we do have to watch that one because that has a fun bit in it. Okay. All right. Okay. You know, you are allowed,
1: Joe. I just want to throw this out there. You are allowed to be like, hey, watch this match and this match from this show. And then this match and this match and this match from this show. If you wanted to kind of eliminate some of the junk and just show me the stuff that I really need to know or need to watch. Just throwing it out there, you know, maybe you don't have to think of it right now, but if, you know, if obviously if your goal is to educate myself and, uh, the listeners to certain storylines, you know, uh, you can always pick and choose. So if you, if there is a dud on there, like a, like a shard versus Dunkerton, you know, you could just basically <laughs> say, you know, we're going to avoid this and this and this, and I'm just going to show you the Sarah Del Rey, Eddie King and so I'm going to show you the Icarus, you know, mysterious and handsome stranger, you know just kind of pick and choose. You can uh, curate the Chikara
0: history a little bit better. Yeah, we're going to do that for the next show, the next okay. one I assign. Because for the next one I assign, it's like one match from a random show, right? Yeah. Because it's a mysterious and handsome stranger match. Of course, can't miss that, right? And it's just, like, I need to make sure that you see the full canon of Mysterious and Handsome Stranger. I need to make sure that you see, like, all the Eddie Kingston stuff. Yeah. And then, like, the big main storyline stuff, you know?
1: Yeah. Any any good 3.0 I'll throw in as a request there.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, but, you know, hey, I mentioned, you know, we talked about the uh, Chikara show that I signed Uh, If you didn't watch it, you can always head over to Masked Library or friend Kevin's uh, website where he puts up uh, a recap of the show, usually the the day that we record. He puts up all sorts of other comic book and book-related content there, so definitely check his stuff out. I also mentioned independentwrestling.tv, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, which we actually did talk quite a bit about uh, this week. Use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. You don't get anything free with it. Other than that's the way that you tell Jerry that you signed up through a referral from us. And if you continue your subscription, we get some sort of kickback eventually. Um, This weekend, IWTV has a bunch of streaming stuff. And, of course, it's uh, deathmatchy stuff. Friday is both ICW The Pit Volume 3 and No Peace Underground. And then Saturday is ICW No Holds Barred 17. So if you are into uh, death matches and sharps, by all means, check those out. Uh, But if you're not, you could always check out the very extensive back catalog of all the professional wrestling, whether it be some of the stuff that we talked about here on this episode or really anything else. Um, Also, you want to help us out? Uh, you can go to RT Public Store, which is harnessed through the mothership, tinyurl.com, longboxheroes. And you can get designs inspired by this show, uh, Final Wrestling Place, Longbox Heroes, uh, the Jingle Meister, and his upcoming show, Hit My Music, uh, on everything from shirts to cell phone covers to notebooks to throw pillows through there, or any and all of your purchases through Amazon in the show notes to every single one of these episodes is our Amazon affiliate link. Does not cost you anything extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it a thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Hey uh, Adam, I understand there's podcasts out there that people listen to other than this show, which I find dis- repulsive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly I don't know why anybody would listen to any other podcast if they haven't gotten this one out of the way. But if you do have extra time, go check out Long Box Heroes, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, The House Show Podcast, Viewer's Choice, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks, The A Show, The Upcoming Hit My Music. IWTV Guide, and you know what? Normally I would throw in here Final Wrestling Place, show, but I did think of something. I did think of a reason why the feud is back on, and that is because on Final Wrestling Place this past week, Tim was talking about a weekly purchase, and he was talking about some little electronic doodad that if you write on it, it automatically transcribes the information up to the cloud. And then you know what? I was listening to Longbox Heroes this week, and when you were talking about all the Amazon purchases, wouldn't you know it? the exact same type of technology was on long box heroes. So that means that, that that son of a bitch, Tim used the long box heroes click through and not the ad odds click through. He's trying to cut me out. That's it. Blood feud on. I'm going to kick his ass in the draft.
0: (laughs) Uh, it's still tough. You know, it's easier just to click that banner. Um, you know, there's a lot more until but hey listen go to the show notes if you want me to send you the link directly i'll send you the link directly on the on the down low you know yeah marcus
1: would never do this to me but tim oh
0: right oh makes makes my blood boil i get (laughs) you
1: shaking with anger vansky shaking with anger
0: (laughs) all right so i think all we got left is uh is uh weekly purchases huh yeah, that's it, Joe. That's and it. A, and a follow up on what's going on with the uh, Mattel ring, huh?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna before while while we're getting ready to do that, I'm just gonna pull it up on my phone there. All right, cool. So, Joe, big surprise. I have, eh,
0: we'll call it nine purchases this week. <laughs> now, I have a question. Yes. Before you get into your purchases, okay? All right. Yep. In your travels out to uh, IWTV 100 this past weekend, you had made some stops and you found AEW figures out in the wild, which I was flabbergasted by, right? Yeah,
1: uh, honestly, like I, I've said many, many times on the show that ever since AEW figures first hit the market, you know, what, a year ago, closer to a year ago, whatever, um, I make frequent trips to our local Walmart like the Dixon City Walmart the Dixon City Target the Wilkes-Barre of both of them and and various other ones whenever I'm visiting a friend and my buddy who lives in Bloomsburg you know I go to that Walmart whatever I I make more doll safaris than really anybody I know even close and I've never ever 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 seen an AEW figure in person, other than ones obviously at like you know, Wrestling Universe or the ones I bought from Ringside, whatever.
2: Sure.
1: Um, so I was on my way to IWTV 100 and somewhere in like the Philly area, kind of like where Philly borders New Jersey, I saw like some targets on the highway. I had some time to kill, and uh, yeah, I went to geez, I don't remember at this point if it was a Walmart or a Target, but uh, I went, I think it was a Target. And yeah, right there, the first AEW figures I ever saw, it was the most recent line, which was the second MGF, the Jake Hagar, the Sheeta, and like some other ones. Oh, there was like Santana and Ortiz, which I was really tempted to get, but I was like, I gotta kind of save it, because I knew I had a big week already at that point of purchases, but uh, I was like tempted also to buy the second mgf but i was like "Eh, i have the first one i don't need the second one and again i am on a quest for the target legends you know the hall the bam bam and the uh who's the third one i don't know i'm forgetting right now but i'm gonna quest those so like maybe a half hour later i found another target went in and then i saw more AEW figures this time it was like the matt hardy the Sammy Guevara with the fixed signs and some other stuff. There was also uh, an elite Ric Flair. Or I'm sorry, an ultimate Ric Flair that I walked away from, but I'm kind of getting FOMO. So I might, if I see another ultimate Flair out in the wild, I might pick it up. But yeah. Yeah, Joe- and
0: see, that's the thing. Like, I, I, you know, I don't get out much myself, but I think if I was out and I saw them, I think just out of like the sheer novelty of actually seeing them out in the wild, I probably would have picked them up, you know? Yeah,
1: honestly, like if obviously if I had seen an Orange Cassidy, I'd buy it just to say I bought an Orange Cassidy figure off the pegs. You know, even though I have no need for it, I've uh, I've been selling off some of my extras. You know, I still have three of them. I don't need another one, but I would have bought it if I saw it. And I don't know, maybe if I had seen something that was like a, a first figure for one guy, like I wanted Santana Ortiz, but I didn't want to buy two figures, you know, but I see what you're saying. Like, for whatever reason, I I had the Matt Hardy figure in my hand because it looked cool. And I was like, I don't need a fucking Matt Hardy figure. And I put that back. Um, But, yeah. So it was cool to go to -to back-to-back stores and have, like, not just a freaking Reho sitting on a peg, which I've never seen. But apparently, according to a lot of people, like, Rehos are the peg warmers in some areas.
0: Sure.
1: But, uh, yeah. So what what were
0: your actual purchases?
1: Uh, Yeah. So actually, first things first. Uh, as the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting, I had mentioned on the show previously that I had pre-ordered a new Walmart exclusive Asriel figure. Uh, I pre-ordered two of them actually. And of course this past week I get an email from Walmart saying that my pre-order has been delayed, even though I put the pre-order in within seconds of them going on sale. But at my local Walmart, I happened to see one of them on the peg. So I had to go and buy one just to have it because everybody knows that an Asriel in the hand is worth two on pre-order. Um, so... <laughs> And if you had seen the box that I tweeted out, Joe, uh, from Target. Yes, the stepped-on box. I asked for thoughts and prayers. Uh, I opened it up, and it did not turn out well. That was my Target-exclusive DC Multiverse Thomas Wayne Batman figure. Oh, Uh, it it was in pretty bad shape. So I have every intention of returning that this week. So I had to order another replacement from targets website, but in order to get the free shipping, the gimmick is you got to be over 40 bucks. So I was like, I'm not going to spend $20 plus uh, $7 shipping. I'm just going to buy $40 worth of figs. So I bought something that was readily available and I kind of wanted for a while. And that is the Andre, the giant figure that comes in the entrance ring cart, you know, from WrestleMania three.
0: I was going to joke and say another Andre, the giant Funko pop, but no, close.
1: you're close. You're close. Uh, but yeah, I, that's just, I, I saw the Andre and the macho, you know, how they have the entrance cart and that, and because I, it's now coming to me, cause the macho was the other target legends that I'm missing. Uh, so because I'm going to get another macho figure elsewhere, I was like, ah, I'll get the Andre at the ring cart. And if I ever open it up, I can put a, uh, a Paul, a uh, Paul Heyman, Jesus Christ, a Bobby Heenan figure in there with him, you know? Yeah. But I'll throw they it over need to,
0: to do you. a Bobby figure of the outfit he wore at WrestleMania 3.
1: There is a, a four-pack of the Heenan family. It's an uh, early elite four-pack. It's uh, Heenan, Andre, Big John Stud, and somebody else. And Heenan's wearing that suit from uh, for WrestleMania 3.
0: Oh, uh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. It's on my want list if anybody wants to buy that and send it to me. <laughs> what about you, Joe? I, I have a bunch more.
0: I'll let you go. Okay. Uh, so... Back to school is coming, yeah, and you know, I'm not putting just like random school supplies and shit, you know, like we got like whatever my kid needs uh, he was him and Han on a backpack, you know, uh, uh-huh. but one of the goddamn youtubers that he watches this creek craft, uh like they all do their own things, like broski as much as we uh old men credit Broski and say, oh, he's so ingenious with all these ideas that he has for merchandise. He's a piker when it's com- in comparison to these YouTubers, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the this Creek Craft has, like, a whole line of back-to-school things. One of them was a backpack uh, that has, like, the Creek Craft logo on it, and it glows in the dark. Ooh. Uh And my kid wanted it, so I'm like, whatever, we'll get it. It was 50 bucks, so he got it.
1: Okay cool
0: that's that's one of the purchases that i made and then you could throw another few out there and i'll tell you the other purchase i made this week
1: all right uh, again
0: not anything for me because i'm a selfless person who <laughs> is waiting for that scotty fluingo figure <laughs> yes
1: all right i uh, just obviously this is a purchase not a big one but i want to throw it here i bought an iwtv 100 shirt when i was at the show
0: oh nice Yeah, so I had
1: to get that because my other uh, IWTV, just the standard logo shirt is an extra large and it's like a night shirt on me. I can't wear it out. So uh, I got a nice medium and uh, looking forward to wearing that. I also purchased just recently, like an hour before we started recording, um, I purchased a flying Brian Pillman micro brawler. So the micro brawler with him in like the bangle trunks to go along with loose cannon one that I had uh, from a previous week. And also I was at Walmart looking for uh that gold label Azrael figure and I picked up the Walmart exclusive comma elites. And I was like Ooh. I was like, I don't really want this, but I've never seen one and I know that like they're in demand and they're like one per case or something like that. So I was like, I'll buy it and like either I'll keep it or I'll find somebody who wants it. But I had never seen one in person, so I grabbed it.
0: Now uh how many Left hands does your uh, comma have?
1: Ooh, you know what? I didn't even look. You should look. Oh, should I? Pa- should we pause the audio and I will run next door? No. Oh, next door. Next, uh, like the I mean, like to the apartment I rent to keep my figs in. <laughs> you know, like
0: the next room. Not the All cooled. Right. Not the cooled storage units. No, no.
1: All right, I'll. They'll, we'll we'll do some weekly uh, some housekeeping next week <laughs> as to how many left hands my comma has. We'll follow up. Yes. Yeah. One more, and then I'll throw it over to you. Uh, speaking of earlier, I said that I had FOMO for not picking up that Ric Flair ultimate. Uh, there's been a lot of talk and maybe we'll get into this in a little bit about how ultimate figures tend to, you know, dry up and go up in price pretty quickly. And some of the ones that are only a year old are actively selling for like 200 bucks. So I jumped on ringside and I bought an ultimate edition fiend figure to, just to, you know, Close the door on my Fiend lore. I wanted to have that figure before they're all gone and they stop making them and, you know, it becomes a super expensive figure. Yeah. All right. What about your last purchase, Jeff? Okay.
0: So I was... Everything is a story because I have to fill time because I don't have 50 purchases a week like some people, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, back when Toys R Us were a thing, back when... Uh, Walmarts and Targets weren't bare in wastelands until just this week in our neck of the woods. You know, we'd still go there when my kid was young, when he was like one or two, would just like, let him run around. And that was like a nice indoor sort of thing when we really couldn't do anything outside. Right. And we would yeah. see toy lines of stuff, which just like, oh, that's interesting. You know, whatever. And then like years later, after that thing that we saw on the shelves when he was like two or three is no longer in style because of YouTube and everything being available all the time, he somehow stumbles upon some sort of toy line or some sort of whatever that was heavily merchandised like two or three years prior but no longer is, right?
1: Yeah, something that was like a peg warmer probably on clearance that you could have got for next to nothing, and now it's like, ugh.
0: Right. So my niece's birthday is coming up next month, and they, she's going to be five. They have Disney+. Plus. And she has been watching Tinkerbell stuff. If you remember, there was, before they did, like, the Disney, or, like, based off the success of Disney Princess, they're like, let's see what else we can milk out of our lines. And they did Disney fairies, right, where they tried to do, like, the Tinkerbell expanded universe. (laughs) Yeah. And they did, like, a bunch of direct-to-DVD movies. They did, like, a toy line and a couple other things like that, but nothing really, okay? Yeah. This was, like, 15 years ago, though. OK, mm-hmm. so my niece in 2021 is watching a cartoon from 2005 or uh, a movie from 2005 and wondering where all the toys are for these things. She mm-hmm. wants a Tinkerbell birthday party. Well, there's no party <laughs> supplies at Party City for Tinkerbell, a thing that like what she's watching is 15 years out of sorts. So I got to take the eBay. And I did get for her uh, the Tinkerbell and Zarina, who is a pirate fairy uh dolls now the the box is a little banged up on zarina but they're still in package and she's five so she's not going to care (laughs) she's not a mint on card collector no she's not (laughs) that's nice but i was doing like i was using the knowledge that i have from major wrestling figure and you guys who go toy hunting for stuff but instead of wrestling figures it was for fifteen-year-old uh, Tinkerbell figures, <laughs> and I will say this: there are a bunch that actually do fetch a, a, a hefty sum. Okay, um, but you're like start a
1: new craze?
0: No, no, no. Again, it's just one person. I'm just doing whatever. Um, but I think so. Like these are like uh, six-inch figures, right? Yeah. If you go to the more Barbie doll-style ones, and you're looking for uh, like Barbie doll sized ones, let's say, and you're going for anyone other than Tinkerbell, you're going to be dropping like 50 to 60 bucks if you could find them.
1: Huh. Interesting. Maybe they all yeah. got sent away for grading. Maybe.
0: <laughs> or maybe girl stuff doesn't have the same premium behind it as boys stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because girls aren't trying to recapture their childhood through their <laughs> toys.
1: They're all moving on with adult things, uh, like us children. (laughs) All right, Joe, one last thing uh, before uh, we go to the bigger story here is I mentioned last week, I believe, or it might have been on Twitter or something. Yeah, I was on Twitter that uh, I haven't been to my local comic book shop, our local comic book shop in several weeks. And I was I speculated there might be upwards of three comics waiting for me, you know, and you had shamed me publicly that I need to go to Comics on the Green and pick up my uh, pull list. Right. So I went this week and there was a total of a book waiting for me. (laughs) Uh, just shows that I do not read a lot of comics. So as I do often when I go to the shop and I'm not, uh, pressed for time, you know, I'll walk around, see if anything catches my eye, go through the toy area, whatever. And I just couldn't find anything else to buy. So I go to Dave and I say, Dave, I feel bad paying you by credit card for one book. I was like, you want me to PayPal you or something, you know, just cause you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, have a credit card charge of five bucks or whatever. So he's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. So as he's about to ring me out, you know, and again, I've been there stalling for a little while looking for something to buy. I see over his shoulder off in the distance uh, a box set of Ninja Turtles. Joe, I don't know if you saw this on your your visits.
0: I, I think I saw you posting this up in the group. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: I put it up in the, the major Facebook group. So uh, apparently free comic book day. There was a limited edition four pack of the Ninja Turtles. Uh, Limited to 3600 units. It's the turtles in like the all black and white. And the only thing that makes them uh, not black and white is their bandanas. They're all red. So it's based on the old black and white comic. I just thought it was like super cool. Like I'm not a turtles like I played with turtles when I was younger, Uh, you know, probably a little bit too old because when turtles were out, I was probably like 12 you know, so it might have been a little bit too old to be playing with them, but I don't know. Uh So I, I'm not a guy who's been buying Turtles, but I saw this pack and it was just really calling to me. And I was like, son of a bitch, I should have just bought that fucking $5 comic and left. But I kept looking around for something else to buy. So I bought this four pack and uh I think it's cool as hell. I like it a lot.
0: It was it is really cool. But again, I'm not a Turtles guy. Uh yeah. You know, I'm a little older than you. Uh, my younger brother was the Turtles guy. Uh, if he was still with us, I'm sure he probably would have picked it up, you know? Yeah.
1: Cool, cool. All right, Joe, I guess this brings us to, oh, I should mention now, I have one final purchase. Okay. And that, and that is, Joe, unlike you, I put my money where my mouth is, and my final purchase of the week is the Mattel Creations WWE Ultimate Edition New Generation Ring. As of two days ago, I backed it, buddy. So, I ask you now, with nine days remaining and only one day, less than a day left, to get the Macho Man early bird figure, there are 68% funded to the project. I really hope they had reached 69% because that would have been nice. Uh, But 68% of the way there, with 3,444 backers, are you able and willing to say that you are now going to be backer 3,445,
0: Joe? So I saw folks posting about it today uh, in the group. You know, I did go and peek over there, and I think someone was charting how much it had gone up just today alone. I feel Where like I it's think- got, got up a 1,000 at least in the last day. No, okay, so... um. Just today, uh, to, like so, the morning started at uh 3039, right? Okay, and right now it's at 3443 as we record. Okay, I think I mean
1: like maybe in the 24 hours. Like, I feel like yesterday, this time it was like 20 oh, Okay, okay, yeah.
0: Um, so, uh, I will say this. Uh, I also saw another post of a lot and lot more people saying that they don't know what they're going to do with the ring. Um, I'm going to do another one, claim it, um, you know, whatever it is. And it feels as though there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be trying to flip that ring, Mm -hmm. uh, which is going to make it much more difficult to flip that ring if this gets uh, funded, which if it's not funded by tomorrow, it ain't getting funded. So uh, I'm going to keep the $250 in my pocket. Oh. And I'm not going to be uh, putting my money where my mouth is. I'm going to be keeping it close to my uh, hindquarters, where it really should belong.
1: You coward. I will say that a week ago— Realist. (laughs) Realist. I will say that a week ago— if you had asked me and I probably said it on the show and I've been telling people that I've had discussions with about this, that I said that there was no chance that this thing was getting made. Uh, Obviously myself and Brett and DJ, when we were on our way to GCW, this, the ring had just been announced. It was like the first 48 hours and it, you know, released like a lead balloon, you know? Uh, And we all said that there's, there's really no chance, but I feel like based on like the, the, kind of spike over the last two days. I fully expect to wake up tomorrow morning and there to be 4,000 backers. And, you know, with the last push to 9 p.m. Eastern, I think we're getting to like 4,500, which means that we'll have, you know, eight days to get 500. I think it can scrape that out. As you said, it all depends on what the last minute rush is for the, the, the macho man cutoff. But I feel like if we're like 50 away or something like that, fucking broski will buy 50 of them, you know? (laughs)
0: He's already up to six. I know. (laughs)
1: Um, As far as, you know, there being a lot of rings up for sale afterwards, here's my theory. You know, we talked about, oh, I'll sell the ring for for $200 and I'll sell the entrance for another $150 and uh, I'll make money off of it. I would be happy if I got the macho and the diesel figures and then sold the, all the other stuff and broke even, you know, like if it was like, Oh, even a, again, if it took me a year, a year from the day it comes out, I'm not going to be one of the idiots that's on day one, trying to throw it up on eBay. Cause I don't, you know, I don't need the money. If that makes sense. I don't need to flip it super quick so I can let all the people that rush to eBay and are selling it at cost, you know, to do that. Like I said, if I can sell the ring, the announcer's table, the 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 light up entrance thing, it, it, for two hundred fifty dollars total, and it takes me two years to do it, I'll consider it a victory. I just want that Macho Man figure that they only made three thousand of or four thousand of, you know.
0: Well, if this gets made, which I don't think it's gonna, um, like I said, if it doesn't hit five thousand by nine o'clock Friday, it ain't hitting five thousand.
1: I think that if it's like. 4700 or 4800 with a week left yeah it'll scrape up that way because a lot of okay. people will be like oh it's close you know
0: so i'll say this uh if this gets funded and you do get this which i don't think is going to happen i'll okay. buy the entrance way off yeah
1: okay so for 250 dollars
0: no no <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk pal uh, all
1: right we'll, we'll see what the going rate is at the time <laughs> fair
0: right. market value but I, I feel confident in saying that my one isn't going to make that much of a difference. Now, if we come back a week, two weeks from now, and it only makes it a 499, 4,999, I'm going to feel real stupid.
1: Yeah. Well, I can tell you with 1,000% certainty, this thing isn't missing by three or four or five or ten. You know, you're going to have some sociopath like Broski right. that will just go ahead and buy him enough to push it over the edge. Uh, I think that the big problem, as I said multiple times, is... After tomorrow night's cutoff, you know, the 9 p.m. macho cutoff, if we are still 1,000 away, then that's fucked. If we're 300 away, it's going to get made. And I did not think that that was going to happen. There's enough momentum at this point that I think it's going to happen. But we'll see.
0: We'll see what happens. You also have to keep in mind that these are people that are – that their accounts are not being hit until this closes, right? Uh Uh-huh. I could see a bunch of people, this closes, their accounts get hit, and that doesn't go through. So if this hits, it needs to hit well over 5000 Because I'm going to guess there's going to be about a 1% margin of, let's say a 2% uh, margin of error, let's say, where there's going to be like 10 to 15 people whose payments don't clear, and they forgot about it, or they don't have the money at the time that it hits through. Or a million different things, and then what happens then? Because this thing is gonna like I said, it needs to hit at least fifty one, fifty
1: two hundred. Ooh, see, that's a we need to get uh ravishing Robert on the podcast and ask him about the, what happens there if like it there's, it hits 5,001, 5,010 and like bells go off and everybody's high fiving and fireworks and everything. And as you said, what if like a hundred people's cards get declined? Do they just say, yep. oopsie, it's the overword or do they say, Oh, we have to add an extra day. Cause these hundred, I, I don't think they let it fail because of declined cards. I think that they, they figured okay. out a way to get a couple more.
0: Okay, so they don't and again, I'm being a realist sure. and I'm thinking with my wallet and I'm thinking financially with this. So let's say it's a hundred people, okay? Mm-hmm. And a hundred people's cards don't go through, whatever it is, right? So oh we gotta give it an extra day. I'm gonna give it an extra two days. Give it an extra three days. Yeah. Okay. well, now it's been like five days and of those hundred, only 70 have actually paid. So now we're still 30 short and we extended the thing only to these hundred people an extra five days.
1: No, I'm saying if for some reason post campaign, you know, due to the cards getting declined, you know, they, they end up having to adjust it. I'm saying you open it up to. You say, you know, everybody, you have one more day overtime, you know. They,
0: it's, it's, they uh, need to be super clear if that's what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say that uh, right now, real time, three thousand four hundred and fifty three backers, which is sixty nine percent funded. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, if it's not funded by nine o'clock tomorrow, it ain't getting funded.
1: All right, we'll see. We yeah. will. Uh, we'll have the final. I guess. I don't know if my math is good as uh, next week when we record. Is it over or is it the final countdown?
0: Next week is the final countdown.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Well, I guess we'll give the final thoughts next week. Yep. All right. That's all I got, Joe.
0: That's, that's all I got for everything. Uh, what a show, huh? Yeah.
1: Very snackable.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, I clean it up. Uh, but, yeah, everyone, thank you. Very much for listening to episode 151 of At Odds with Wrestling for Adam. This is Joe saying thanks for listening. Enjoy some wrestling. Be safe out there and stay cool at shows.